welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. You know, whenever God moves, He moves through atmospheres. He moves through atmospheres. The Bible says in the book of Genesis chapter 1, tells us that the Spirit, the Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse number three of Genesis chapter one says, God said, let there be light. Not until the fourth day that God created the sun and the moon. But before He started creating, He revealed His true essence and nature. He said, let there be light. And He created an atmosphere which creation could take place in. And when He said, let there be light, He was not creating the sun at that time. He was revealing who He was into that place because darkness, chaos covered the earth at that time. And so God moves in atmospheres. It's a principle that He's established. Right from the very start of the Bible, where He revealed Himself in order to create. And if we are to be a people that are gonna go deeper, we've gotta understand the atmosphere of God. We've gotta understand how to be atmosphere carriers, atmosphere creators. There are many ways that God gives us keys and how we create this atmosphere. And please hear my heart, I'm not trying to hype up an app, I'm not trying to hype up an environment so that we could um, just have a bless me club here. These are actually principles that work better outside of a meeting than they do inside of a meeting. But he gave us keys to create atmospheres by which then the Spirit of God can come and move. And so we must learn to steward and create an atmosphere. Bill Johnson said, we've got to be people that host His presence. To be someone that hosts His presence is someone that understands how to create an environment where the Spirit has His free reign to do what He wants. And the only way that we can do that 
by following what He has taught us in the Word. We've been taught that praise creates an atmosphere and it does. But when praise, we've heard praise is a weapon, that's not entirely correct. It's God by the Spirit, right? So when we praise because we need a weapon, we're not praising at all. Do you know what I mean? We're actually not praising at all. We're actually doing it for a reason where praise is something that we just offer and we give to the Lord because He's worthy. And it's in that atmosphere where we are just acknowledging how great He is, that we enter into His presence, right? Into His courts with praise. And it's in the presence of God, it's in the place where the Spirit is, that the Holy Spirit does some wonderful things. Benny Hinn is probably one of the greatest healing evangelists of our lifetime. Love him or hate him, many miracles have happened through him. But if you watch his crusades, you'll notice he doesn't actually pray for the sick a lot. Right? What he does is he opens up an atmosphere of the presence of God. And then if you watch the crusades closely, right? If you watch the Crusades closely, you'll see what happens. He'll be getting Cheryl on the organ over there singing hallelujah. And they create an atmosphere of worship and praise. And it's in that place that His presence begins to move amongst people. And then one of His assistants will bring up Brett that was in a wheelchair that got up out of the wheelchair before anyone even prayed for him. Why? Because there was an atmosphere that was created. Prayer creates an atmosphere. I reckon prayer is one of the greatest atmosphere creators. When I say atmosphere, I'm I'm helping you to understand that it gets you and I out of the natural and into the spiritual creates this kind of divine portal that we get to um, participate in the finished work of Jesus. And prayer, my house shall be called a house of prayer because I reckon prayer is one of those things that when you begin to pray, Romans says, Paul says, that show us how we ought to pray. Jesus taught His disciples to pray in a certain way, primarily because they were used to just just saying the same words over and over and over and over and over again. And it just became a form of godliness, but it had no power in it. But when we pray, we pray our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Your Name. What has He done? He's just started praising. Hallowed be Your Name. Your Kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you begin to pray, 
and you ask the Spirit to pray through you. Sometimes human or your words, your language doesn't come out of your mouth. Sometimes the Bible says it comes out as groaning and utterances. Because there's levels of prayer. The shallow level of prayer is when you're just praying out of your intellect. And that's a good place to start, but you gotta make sure that you engage your spirit. You engage the fullness of every part of who you are before the Lord. Begin to pray. Sometimes I spend hours in my office just praying. Sometimes it takes me a little while to kind of get my head out of my prayer time. And so I spend quite a lot lot of that time praying in the Spirit. Might have worship on in the background, might have different things going on. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to get out of an earthly atmosphere into something where the Spirit can move freely. Because it's not that He's not there and it's not that those miracles are not available to us. It's not that a move of His power is not accessible to us. It's that we are in a battle and because we have unrenewed thinking, we keep leaning in towards carnality and man's way, our way, the way that we're learned. We learn from our story of origin and from our previous experiences and from what's happening in the world at the moment. But as we pray, we're really saying, God, we wanna, we wanna shift an atmosphere. Thanksgiving is another way that you can create an atmosphere. Worship and music is another way that we shift things. I believe it was King Saul that was tormented by a spirit. And he said, I want you to find someone skillful. Find someone anointed. And they found David, the beloved. He was skillful on that guitar or whatever it was. And he got in and when he got in there, there was relief from the spirit that was, uh, I suppose, oppressing King Saul. Because worship creates an atmosphere. And there are so many keys, but the the bigger picture that I want us to zoom out and understand tonight is that the Lord, if if we're gonna learn to be a people of His presence, we've gotta learn how to host Him. And as we learn how to host Him, that means we've gotta learn what atmosphere He wants to move in. I'm not gonna do this tonight, I'll do it another time, it might become a series, but Isaiah, I believe it's chapter six, talks about the Spirit of the Lord. And it gives seven divine functions, if you like, of the Spirit. Talks about them in the New Testament in different places, but the seven Spirits of the Lord talks about it in Revelation. They're the seven functions of the Holy Spirit. Wisdom and understanding, counsel and might, the Spirit of the fear of the Lord. And depending on what function, we're going deep tonight. Depending on what function the Holy Spirit is moving in, often can determine what atmosphere we need to continue 
to create and uphold. And so in these moments, I'm talking to mature believers right now because so often we are hoping that the man of God with a microphone up the front is the atmosphere creator. And that does not get the church anywhere. In fact, my, my job as a fivefold minister of the gospel, my, my job is to equip you for the work of the ministry. The problem is, is, is our churches have been geared in the West for me to be equipped in some way and you come and just continue to receive of that equipping that I've received. And all that does is has a church full of good sons and daughters, but never matures them into mothers and fathers as God intends them to be. And so God is putting the onus on us collectively to be people that understand we carry something pretty important for our church and for our community. Can we just have some real talk just for two or three more minutes? And then I promise we're gonna go, it's all good. It's late, isn't it? 7.30 on a Sunday night. I'm normally on the couch in a blanket with a cup of tea. Pink fluffy one. But I want you to learn, I want you to understand the, the importance of just your, your presence to this spiritual community. Your importance to this spiritual community. Because whether you like it or not, God's brought you to this place, that's why you're here. And God's brought you to this place because He's called you to be a minister. And you thought you were in the seats here tonight just checking out Empower Church or because this is your church and you thought you'd come along. But the truth is, the truth is, is that God's got something inside of you, of Him that He put there for someone else. And listen to me, I do not carry what you carry. And because I don't carry what you carry, I may not have the necessary whatever. There may be a specific work that God has for you to minister directly into someone within our spiritual community. But while you sit there wondering how God wants to move, you miss the moment, you miss the opportunity to deliver someone else's miracle. The Bible teaches us that we're like cells in a body, a many-membered body. And how life is delivered from, from this part of the body to another part of the body is by those cells being connected. The anointing flows through our connection. The anointing flows through our connection. I'm trying to help you to see today. And I sense this prophetically for someone here tonight. That you've put ministry or stuff like that on the back burner and thought this is just all good. But I just feel like God's just saying, yeah, I actually, I'm calling you now. 
I'm knocking on the door of your heart because you carry something miraculous for this generation. You carry it, you carry it. And this is why we need to learn how to steward the presence of God well, the Holy Spirit. And if tonight has been anything, I mean, it's been absolutely wonderful. And I wanna thank you for being here. I know there's a lot of people, this is a terrible time for people with children, like that's why my wife's at home with it, some of our kids. Um, but I wanna thank you for being here. I wanna th- thank you for allowing allowing yourself to be led into places of uncomfort because they're new and you don't know them that well. But I want you to know also that this is literally just the beginning. My last thought tonight is I've been thinking this week about Paul and and Silas in Acts chapter 16. It's a famously preached verse and passage of Scripture. But I wanna take this atmosphere creating out of what a service looks like and into real life. Because they're out there, they don't have the nice music in the background, they don't have this, they're out on mission They're living out the call of God for their life. And a woman starts trying to disrupt the atmosphere. And she's saying good things, but the Bible tells us that she's got a spirit of divination. You know what she's prophesying over Paul and Silas? These men are servants of the Most High God. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Could be, arguably it is true. But it was coming from the wrong spirit. It wasn't coming from a spirit that would profit God, it was coming from a spirit that would profit man. Side note, you know the spirit is wrong, they can be saying the right thing, but if they're saying it to profit themselves, it's not of the Holy Spirit. And you know the story, they get thrown in jail. They get thrown into the inner cell and it's the midnight hour. And I mentioned it this morning, but what do we find Paul and Silas doing? Praying, singing psalms, spiritual songs. What were they doing? Creating an environment for heaven of heaven. They weren't creating an environment for heaven. They were creating the environment of heaven in earth. They didn't know the out what the outcome was going to be. This is what I love it. What I love about it. So they weren't singing because they knew it would bring about a breakthrough. <laughs> they weren't shouting because they were like chains going to break because I just shouted really loud. They were in that place of intimacy knowing we can have heaven on earth wherever we want because Jesus has made a way. Romans tells us that we have been, we can access His throne room boldly because of grace, because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so no matter where you are and what you're doing, you might work on a trade, you might work in an office, you might 
might be on Zoom still. I don't know what you do. Maybe you drive Uber, doesn't really matter what you do. Maybe you're a pastor, doesn't really matter what you do. You might be a parent at home with your young family, doesn't really matter what you do. You might be retired, doesn't really matter what you do. Doesn't really matter whether you find yourself. You might have a really nice home or you might be struggle, you might be on struggle street. You might be sleeping and living out of your car right now. I'm not sure of what your circumstances are, but I need to tell you that you have the opportunity to create heaven on earth wherever you are. It should be the easiest thing in the world to do it in here. And the reason why we don't, ex- you're not ready for me, I don't think so. I think I. The reason why we don't experience heaven on earth like we should in this environment is because a lot of people that attend church services are actually more caught up with religion and they've lost their first love of Jesus. And so they just attend because they're on the treadmill of religion. (laughs) And this is why we wanna create environments like this. This is why we want and we need and we desire with all our hearts for this church to be a church that is led by the Spirit. This is Jesus' church. This church doesn't belong to a man. It belongs to Jesus. And He sent His Spirit. And we welcome You, Holy Spirit. We invite You to Holy Spirit. Make this place a place of where You inhabit. Move in, take up residence, take over, take over all of it. Take over all of it, Jesus, all of it, all of it, all of it. Take over the coffee machine. Take over, take over all of it. Take over, it's all yours. It all belongs to you. We yield it to you, Jesus. We've been having, we've had too many things in our hands. We've done too many things in the name of religion that you haven't asked us to do. And we, we surrender and we lay them down to you today, Jesus. We, Father, we give you your church back. We give it back to You, Jesus, it's Yours. Spirit of the living God, come and breathe afresh upon us. Come and breathe new life into us. Just like when Jesus breathed on the Holy, on the disciples and the Holy Spirit entered them. Lord, come and do that to Your church again. We need Your life, we need Your power, we need Your anointing. We need it, Father, like never before. We need it, we need it. We don't need more conferences. We don't even need new songs. I'm happy to sing whatever. Lord, we don't need better musicians or we don't need more polished communicators. What we need, Holy Spirit, is Your presence, Your divine presence to come and move in and upon everything. So we welcome You. We give You praise and we give You honour and we give You glory. And we wanna be a church that is led by Your Spirit. And Lord, not just as an organisation, the corporate, but as individuals, as the church, Your body in the earth. As followers of Jesus, Holy Spirit, we invite You to come and fill us and we're prepared to do whatever it takes. We're prepared, Father, Lord, and I ask right now that You would just, some of us have been in church so long, Holy Spirit. 
that we've stopped receiving. We've stopped receiving what you wanna do. In our physical bodies, we've shut off a move of God. (laughs) And we just forgive us, Lord. Do what you want. Use us. Use us. Use us. Use us. Thank you, Lord. It's a good exercise to do. I went through the book of Acts and as I was reading every story, I was looking at what atmosphere they were creating. So they're in the upper room and they're praying and it created an atmosphere. And I've written all through my Bible, wherever it is somewhere. I've written all, there it is. I've written all through my Bible. Look at this. Here's one. Oh, there's another one. That was a good one. Oh, that's a good one too. This is chapter four. Look at this. There's a habitation or an atmosphere of persecution. You weren't waiting for that atmosphere, were you? You like we like the prayer and like, yeah, let's fall down under the power. But when you allow and you when you are completely surrendered, you're no longer in control of what Jesus does. The Lord is in control. Check out this. Now, as they spoke to the people, chapter four, verse one, the priest, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection. It disrupted their power. That's what it did. His resurrection from the dead and they laid hands on them and they put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. So see what's happening? They're persecuting the church. Now check out what happens. Check out what happens when that atmosphere is created, when we're completely surrendered to Him, even to the point of laying our lives down in the same way that Jesus did. It creates an atmosphere. It says, however, Many of those who heard the Word believed and the number of men came to be found, about 5,000. Whenever persecution happens to the church, there is always, that atmosphere is always filled with multitudes, thousands coming to Christ. That's why China for decades was the fastest growing church in the world because they lived in persecution. Now I believe it's Iran is the fastest growing church in the world because they are under extreme persecution. And whenever there's a persecution, God always moves where souls get saved. We don't have time to keep going. There's a whole book of them in there. It's the Bible. So my prayer is that you'll just learn to host His presence. You don't strive to do it. Don't try and work it up. Don't try and do what I do. Do the Christ in you. 
Don't do the Christ in me. Do the Christ in you. The hope of glory is not you putting on Saul's armour or trying to copy a pastor. Just get your little sling and your little stone, what you think is insignificant and go before the Lord. He's waiting. Amen. I bless you for being here tonight. You are blessed in the name of Jesus. You're blessed in your coming. You're blessed in your going. May God's favour and His anointing rest upon you. May His glory be with you this week in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Thank you to the team for ministering to us tonight, to the Lord. And thank you for your hunger. We'll see you next Sunday. Amen. Has it? <laughs> I'm sure I can make copies. Yeah, what's wrong with it?